the kids are always the, you know, the wild card now because they're constantly evolving. So did those guys really name their app after a meme? Huh? Buckle up, fellow kids. It's time for Founder Quest. I'm the co-pilot today, right? You co-pilot, yeah, yeah. So today we're we're flying without Star. Star is not feeling well, and so today yeah. it is just just the two of us. And I have been on vacation. Well, I am on vacation. Yeah, sticking my head be, up. We are so into Founder Quest that, <laughs> that we even come out, come in from vacation to record an episode. Yeah, it's nice to keep the schedule. Like, if we, I don't know, we we. I've been trying to take a lot of vacations. So if we, if we like didn't record every time one of us was on vacation, then I feel like we wouldn't have a very consistent schedule. That's true. Yeah. So how's your vacation treating you? All right. It's really a staycation so far. <laughs> um, right. I think, I think all vacations are staycations for a while. I've, yeah. Like I just, I've like looked at lit, like, you know, bookings like to go places. I'm just like, I don't want to go anywhere. Like I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to deal yeah. with any of the stuff that's going on right now <laughs> or take totally. the risk or even, and then like, if I do, if we did go somewhere, we still have like two toddlers. Like it's not, you know, we have, we're more, we're better equipped here at least to, to manage two toddlers who are bored. And, uh, right. there's only so much like hiking you can do with a two year old. So, yeah. So no, no trips to Disneyland this summer, huh? Not so far, unless my uh, unless my in-laws decide that they want to watch the kids for a few days or something and, and we could get away. But right. I don't, that's so right. far, that's not looking too likely at the moment. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, all you got to do is wait, you know, 10 to 15 years and uh, it'll be great. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> only only 10 to 15 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I'm. I've been eyeing a uh, bass guitar for a while and mm -hmm. I'm trying to con I'm trying to talk myself into uh, finally buying it right now but I don't know I'm I'm still debating but there's a good yeah, chance I'll I'll pick one up. Yeah. yeah. I mean a uh, uh, pandemic is a great time to learn new things, right? Yeah. I think a lot of I think that a lot of people are thinking that way. It's in yeah, driving different parts of the economy. Now you already play the keyboard, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I play I play piano um, and guitar. I actually had I had a bass for a while. It was uh, borrowed, but I liked it. I liked having it around just to kind of plunk around on it. So yeah, yeah. But now I want to get like a big stack for my garage, you know, because uh, I don't have enough cool stuff in there already. So. <laughs> <laughs> Need to need to take out some extra insurance on the stuff that's in your garage. Now. I know <laughs> if that <laughs> if that garage like burns down, I'm <laughs> I'm done for. Yeah, you gotta yeah. declare that stuff, man. Those insurance companies they don't mess around. Yeah. Speaking of, how's your uh, how's your bathroom situation? <laughs> yeah, my bathroom is still still not of great. It's amazing how unresponsive contractors can be. I really don't get it. Like I sent out a bunch of requests for, to people like, Hey, here's my situation. And I want to hire someone to help me fix it. Mm -hmm. And I would say 70% of the people just didn't even respond. 
Like, I don't know what their sales process is like, or if they're super busy right now or what the deal is, but it's like, how, how do you really? float with a business when you're not responding to leads? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. That's a, that's a good but, question. Yeah. So, you know, still haven't selected a contractor. So the, the chances of me actually just doing it myself are increasing as, as yeah. the days go by. Like I've, I've been watching the YouTube videos to learn how to, <laughs> really? you know, <laughs> yeah. learn how to install a new tub, you know, things like that. And, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, my, my confidence is growing slowly, <laughs> so I just might actually do it. We'll see. I've been, ha I've had the same thoughts a few times. Like I should really like learn how to do stuff around my house if I'm going to be a homeowner. But, and then I've also yeah. had the thought that maybe I shouldn't own a house and I should just be renting in the first <laughs> place. Like there's that whole camp that I don't, I don't think they're, they're not wrong. <laughs> so, you know, the, the whole economic theory of, uh, you should maximize, you know, your, I don't know what the exact phrase is. I can't remember what the term is, but basically like you should focus on what you're good at and yeah. pay people to focus on what they're good at. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that, that the economist in me is arguing for me not to do my bathroom myself. Cause like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Right? It's like pay someone to do it. They can right. do a better job than I can. You know? It's like comparative advantage or it's, yeah. it's the whole specialization thing. And right. Yeah. Same. But on the, flip, <laughs> on the flip side, there's the whole like, it would, it would be kind of cool. Like, Hey, I did that. Right. Yeah. I, I put that in there and you know, yeah, there may be a mistake here and there, but that's my sweat and tears and, and probably blood. It's, it's also like the, uh, knowing how to at least do some of the smaller things would be useful because at some point, like finding con like finding good contractors and then managing them and getting the work actually done is a, that's a whole job in itself. I feel Wait, like, are we talking about bathrooms or are you talking about software development? <laughs> yeah, I guess that applies. To, <laughs> I, it, that applies everywhere. Yeah. Like the whole like management aspect of any kind of yeah contractor project at some point, it really yeah. does feel like it's, it would be more efficient just for me to do it. You know, if I, if I learned how or something, but yeah. So, so pro tip for all those freelancers out there is, you know, a be responsive to leads B maintain, you know, good communication so that you don't have to put a lot of load on the person that's hiring you. Yeah. That whole like management overhead thing is huge. Like if I, and I, I run across it very infrequently in contractors I work with in both industries, but yeah, if, if you could, that's like, that's like a superpower having that skill of like managing yourself and actually like driving the communication with the client and making sure their needs are met and, and all of that. Yeah. So. Yeah, we've we've had projects from time to time at I know that you've discussed that you think, well, it'd be nice to do this, but I don't have a lot of time or I could hire it out, but then I have to have all the time to manage hiring it out. So Yeah. yeah it's, it's a big deal for actually getting out that work to have someone who can actually just do it and not have to spend all your time managing them. It's tough. It's also tough when you can like when you possess a lot of like specialized knowledge that needs to be transferred to whoever does the work. And at least if if I if I have like specific like if I have a specific way I want it to happen, like if I'm a perfectionist and I, I want it to happen my way, but not do it personally, that's even I mean, like maybe that's that's a problem with me versus <laughs> just like giving up and letting someone else solve the problem like their own way. But there is, there is like knowledge transfer that can take time depending on what the job actually is. Like, I think that's one argument for hiring someone who's going to stick around longer and hopefully like absorb and be able to like utilize that information 
for a longer period of time versus like having to, they have to learn all this special stuff about our business and problems. And then they move on in a couple of months and you got to teach someone else how to do it. I saw a tweet this week that is related to that. And I thought it was, it was interesting. And I'll have to see if I can go and find it again for the show notes, but I'm going to roughly paraphrase it because I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was the thrust of the message was be satisfied with 80%. And the detail was, so you, you get someone who can do the job 70% of the way you teach them the knowledge that they need to get another 10%. So get them up to 80% and then just accept that. Like, you know, mm, you, you would do a hundred percent job, right? But someone else can do a 70% job. And then if you get them up to speed a bit so that they can do some of what you do, then settle for that. Yeah. That's, I like that. So, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. So I can't always use that, but yeah, I think, I think one of, and I have the same issue. Like I'm a perfectionist and delegation is an issue for me because like, you know, if someone does something, I'm like, well, I would, I would have done it this way or, yeah. you know, and yeah, just, I think one of the secrets is learning to have more acceptance of, okay. Yeah. I think being married is, is helpful in that respect, especially having kids. Cause mm -hmm. like you have to learn, <laughs> hopefully, well, hopefully at some point you learn that like there are different ways of doing things, right? There yeah. doesn't have to be a right way. And just because, you know, I have a way I like to do it doesn't mean that's the only way to do it. Right. Yeah. So I guess I imagine kind of that's, that's going to come up a lot more frequently in the future as, my, as I actually start like trying to get my kids right now. They're like the level they're at is like, they're, they're starting to be able to pick up their toys. If I stand over them and like micromanage them for two hours. <laughs> yeah. I, I most recently thought about this for myself when I was loading up the dishwasher, getting it ready to run. <laughs> and you know, my sons who are teenagers are, you know, they put dishes in the dishwasher in a way that I wouldn't. Right. <laughs> and sometimes I look at those things. I'm like, how, how, how do you think this is going to get clean? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it good, thing you, good thing you bought a good dishwasher, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so I just have to like relax a bit. It's like, it's okay. It's like, it'll, you know, it'll yeah, be fine. That's the but, dishwasher has been built to like handle all types of people <laughs> or all types of person. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the the one that the one that jumped into my mind was uh, picking up the the dog turds in the yard. Oh, <laughs> you know, on that one, wrong way for that. On that, no, on that one, I don't care. Like as, <laughs> as long as it, <laughs> as long as like they aren't in the yard anymore. Like my 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 kids. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the day that I can delegate that task. <laughs> 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 they can take however long they want. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So. I haven't been on vacation this week. I've been actually doing yeah. work and a uh, surprise, surprise. I actually haven't been doing a lot of compliance work, which has been nice change of pace. Mm -hmm. I bet. Uh, I've, I've been working on the side project that we've talked about a couple of times and it's coming along nicely. It's almost ready to show, but I thought we could talk about it a little bit today and, and maybe invite some people to come and check it out if they want. Yeah. Excited. So I don't want to reveal the domain name just yet because I'm not ready for people just to sign up and like bang it. I want to like have right. more of a, you know, a white glove experience for the first few people. But I will say it is related to webhooks and sending post requests. So it doesn't have to be just a webhook, you know, capitalized. It could be like, I don't know if you're posting something to Jira, 
because mm-hmm. just about every system has an, you know, a REST API where you send a post request. Like for an, an integration or something. Yeah, yeah. So we have a lot of those at Honey Badger where, you know, mm-hmm. things like Jira and GitHub and Trello, where we, we're posting stuff all the time. We have a bunch of outbound requests like that. And one of the, one of the inspirations for this project was, was Honey Badger and just dealing with sending webhooks. And I don't know if, if, uh, if most of our listeners have played with like Stripe, like if you, if you integrate with Stripe, they have an option where you can receive webhooks, like when people update their subscription or change their payment mm-hmm. information or, or whatever. And Stripe has a fantastic uh, setup for their webhooks. Like uh, really if, kind of the gold standard of webhooks and yeah, I think in so. my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if, if, uh, if your server doesn't happen to respond properly, like with a successful, okay, kind of thing, yeah. then it'll retry, it'll back off and retry over a period of days. And I thought, wouldn't it be nice if we had that same kind of thing, but didn't have to build it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. You know, and we've, we built that for Honey Badger, but it's, it's kind of a slog. It's not mm-hmm. really fun work. And so I thought, man, developers need this. And so that's why I built that as a side project. Started that a few, a couple months ago, I guess, and been working on it here and there. I love using it. It's to the point that I've been able to play with it. We don't have it plugged into Honey Badger just yet. I think that's going to be next week. But mm-hmm. it's solving some of those, some of those uh, pain points for you, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you don't have to worry about a queue because, like, this isn't going to have a queue for mm-hmm. you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to do the retries for you if that's necessary. I mean, the happy path is like you send a request and it just gets delivered and yeah, no problems. But if it doesn't go that way, if there's a bad response, then uh, it'll, it'll retry, it'll back off, it'll retry for a period of days. But the one thing that I'm really looking forward to, to adding Honey Badger that we don't currently have that this does is it has every history of all the requests and the payloads that got sent and yeah. the responses that came back. And that's just fantastic for debugging. Like, you know, if you're sending a webhook, if you don't track, you know, uh, what got sent, then you don't know, you can't report that back to your mm-hmm. customer. And uh, if you don't track the response, then you can't, well, did it actually get there? Are we you're not really sure? Yeah. What about like, uh, like tracking, resp- like, uh, like failures and retries? Is that, is that in the history as well? It is. Yeah. Okay. So every attempt it adds, basically there's a list of responses. And so, you know, if, if we got, you know, some 500 response, we'll record the, the header yeah. that came back and the, the response body that came back. So yeah, that'll all be in the history of each request. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, it's, I've, I've had that. I think I've run into that issue before where it's frustrating. Like if you're using a webhook API or something and, and something doesn't happen or an event doesn't fire and you're like trying to scratching your head, trying to figure out like what went wrong. Was it on my end? Like, did I, like maybe an exception occurred that I didn't track for some reason or like, yeah. you know, or maybe it was just a silent failure of some kind. Um, maybe I didn't like check the right, like event name in the, in the payload or something. And it fell through mm-hmm. a case statement uh, go being able to go. And I think like Stripe and GitHub both have that feature and I've used them on both, like where they, they show the actual attempts and retries and failures and stuff. And that's r- super useful. It is. Yeah. Really handy. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a big thing that I wanted to have in this. And I think developers will love having that and not having to build it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause um, it's kind of specialized, like, like the way we've currently solved the whole, like we, we rely on sidekicks exponential, like re- back off and retry, like on an exception case. And I think we just like raise an exception if it's not a successful post or whatever, but this is actually like specialized, like responding to the actual like HTTP response that it's, it's working off of, I would imagine. Yep. 
which is like tailor made for the use case of delivering webhooks and all that. Right. And one of the things that we do at Honey Badger is if, for example, if we're sending a webhook to someone's server and it doesn't respond with a success after I think it's three or four tries, we just stop. We don't mm -hmm. keep on hammering that thing. And we disable that particular integration in Honey Badger so that, and we, we, we flag it for the user saying, Hey, this thing is not responding. So we're not going to send any more stuff. Yeah. And, uh, this, this new service has a, as has a callback where it actually will send you a webhook. Okay. You know so this has some webhooks. Something fails. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's like a webhook inception, I guess. So are we yeah. using this to, are we, we using this on itself? Do we have another service that are, we're using to send these webhooks? <laughs> Kind well, of actually, like we yeah, have Honey does. Badger. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It does use itself to send those really? reports nice. back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's great. I so, love it. So even the reports back have retries. So we've already got two use cases for this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And Very cool. one of the things that I wanted to do, I wanted to build something that was that didn't require a whole lot of configuration up front. Mm -hmm. So what you can do is that you can actually provision this, like I don't know, via Heroku, maybe. You get back the API key and you get the, the URL that you need to post your webhooks to. And then you don't need to configure that. You can include in the headers like the target URL. So basically, this is like a proxy that records and retries for you. Mm, yeah. And uh, you, don't, you don't have to set it up ahead of time saying, so you can use this for... Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So sending like for one-offs. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause no one, like, you don't want to have to go and configure, like set up what your event is going to be beforehand. Like if you had to do that for every single thing that you relay or whatever, that would get a little tedious, yep. I imagine. Yeah, exactly. We, we don't probably don't have a like client library for this yet. I imagine it's probably an HTTP API, but like I could see like a Ruby client library, for instance, or Elixir or PHP or whatever. There's a lot of opportunity in there to like, for, for example, like, because right now, like you, you probably, it's like, like sending an email, you're not going to want to like do that in process in most cases. Like if, if someone like signs up for your web app or something, like you're not going to send that, like blocking the connection while, while it's sending an email or delivering a webhook. But in the same way that we could potentially just like use a, an in-process thread or something to like perform some work. You could easily use that in this case to post the webhook to this new third-party service because the service has all of the retry logic. So as long as it actually gets the, the initial request, then it's going to take it from there. So you don't, you, you probably don't even need to have like a true job system for sending the initial request. Even I imagine that's probably something we can build into our future our future uh, client library or, or SDK mm -hmm. or whatever we're going to call it. Yeah. 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 One of the goals for this was it for it to be fast enough so that you wouldn't have to queue on your end, right? You right. can just go just ahead send it. and just send it. And yeah. uh, so, so we're using serverless, we're using AWS Lambda, uh, we're using DynamoDB. Mm -hmm. So you, you send the payload to us. It's of course infinitely scalable because of AWS. And then we, we persist that really quick and, I'm just this morning I was thinking, okay, now how do we, how do we deploy this for multi-region so that you can have, so you can have an endpoint that's close to you or close to your app. Right. And I've got a plan for that. So I think we might even launch with multi-region support so you can choose wow. which region you want to deploy to. Nice. It's so very yeah, cool. It's, 
it's pretty close. It's it's cool. So can can our tagline be send it? By the way, like, send it. Send it. <laughs> <laughs> Just like ship it. Now it's send it. It's like yeah, like ship, like ship it, but send it. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Plus one. Yes, let's do that. So this week I've been playing with the Heroku provisioning and got that to work. So what I could really use, if any of our listeners are interested in checking it out, I could really use at least 10 people who would like to try out the uh, service via Heroku because to get an add-on listed with Heroku, you have to have 10 testers try it before they'll put it in beta stage where mm-hmm. they can show up in their marketplace. So if you want to try out our new hook sending service, please email me at ben at honeybadger.io and I will get you squared away. It should be ready by the time this episode drops. Nice. We're, should yeah, be we're next, already deployed. Yeah, week. Everything's... We have a production environment already. It's just, I want to, you know, again, do that white glove service so that I know things are working properly for the first few customers before we open yeah. floodgates. Yeah. Having, um, like this has been all you and I, I noticed Kevin has been jumping in a little bit the past couple of weeks, um, which is awesome. I wanted to make time to like check it out and do some work on it. I have not even hardly, I like, I looked at the readme <laughs> or something. <laughs> so I am excited to hopefully be one of those testers. Um, that I, I have a couple little Heroku apps that I might be able to play around with or something. So sign me oh. up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so you're testing yeah. number one. When I get back though, I'm excited for, uh, I'm, I'm excited to work on the marketing and, you know, start getting yeah. into this project a little bit. I really like the idea of basically like, if Stripe is the gold standard for like webhooks or, or like even GitHub has pretty good web, webhooks, like, like this, this allows you to have, you know, you, you know, like you are now the gold standard <laughs> as well. Right. Like right. It, it allows yeah. you to give that Stripe. Cause I mean, like Stripe has been known for their developer experience. Like that's, that's like, everyone knows Stripe is like, they have an amazing developer experience. It's, it's what their business is based on. So if, especially if you're like a developer, if you have developers who are your, your customers or your users, like that's, that's one area that you can really, you gain a lot by with those little fine touches, basically. Definitely. Um, yeah, because it, we notice yeah. that and we appreciate it. And yeah, it's not something you want to, you know. Yeah. It's, it's funny that I didn't really think about this until just now when you were saying that, but developers really, their job is to pay attention to details, right? I mean, yeah. They, they have to make things work exactly. And so we really appreciate when we have a service that has paid attention to details right? and providing those, ni- mm-hmm. those little niceties and yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yep. Documentation always also, that's the other thing that always comes to mind. And even with Stripe, like their, their documentation has always been fantastic. And, uh, I'm, I'm ass- yeah. I assume we will have great documentation, uh, for this service once it launches, but, um, that's another angle I've, that's crossed my mind. Um, like when you were telling me about in the past, like also helping people provide that documentation on their webhooks. Um, not that this will cover that necessarily, but that's something we can definitely like work into the, uh, the whole onboarding process. Like you've set up your webhooks. Now you should teach your users how to, how to actually like make the most of them and, and, and use them you know, to build things. Mm-hmm. Cause that's really what it's all about. It's like, what are you going to do once you receive these webhooks? So it's like, yeah. it's the same idea as documenting your API, like your webhooks, your web, like your webhooks are a part of your API. So yeah, it's, yeah. there's always. And 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to having you jump in on that uh, because <laughs> you've, you've you've done a lot of work on that with our with Honey Badger, and uh, yeah, I still have a lot of work to do, but <laughs> it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We still have those areas where it's like, oh, really, really wish we would have designed the payload this way instead of that. Right, way. but know? again, like maybe that's why we're we're building some of this stuff a little bit to kind of you know create a better abstraction for what we what we currently have. Now, if you can solve versioning <laughs> for me, yeah then yeah, I'd like take my money. So. <laughs> cause that, yeah, cause that is, that, that is, a, that's like the biggest issue with our webhooks currently is that it's, it's on like a super old version of our like API payload. And I would, you know, we eventually we want to migrate to a newer event format. You know, it would be pretty cool. Like I'm just going to spitball here, but it'd be yeah. pretty cool. We're, th we're thinking about Stripe. We're thinking about webhooks, you know, Stripe's API versioning is, you know, the best. Yeah, I haven't seen a better example of a, a versioning for an API. So what if we could do something like that, where you mm -hmm. your first receive a webhook, you know what version you received, right? And if a new version comes along, then you get an option to upgrade at some point, uh, just like with Stripe. That would be awesome. Stay on old version or not. Yeah. Yeah. I have to think about that some. But yeah. Write that one down. That would be, that would be really cool. Yeah. Because the way we would approach it in our current app, I think is just build a new webhook integration that new people can opt into, but we probably wouldn't, you know, it would, it would be a larger project for us to actually go and implement some sort of like opt-in for current users. Like we'd probably, I, I think like what we would do is, is leave people on whatever they're currently using and support it forever. And then, you know, move new people who set up a webhook integration are going to get the new version. But yeah, it would be awesome if we could actually encourage people to migrate to the, you know, to gain whatever yeah. benefits we've, we've added. Right. Yeah. I'll think about that some. So maybe V2. Yeah. Yeah. I know that Stripe's webhooks do change based on the version of the API that you're mm -hmm. choosing. Cause when we did our Stripe upgrade recently, like those payloads changed a bit that were coming into us. So yeah this product won't have a request API like that, like Stripe does, but mm -hmm. we could still do a, a versioning thing where you choose your new version and then you, you start getting new payloads. Like my favorite webhook webhooks to use are always the ones that like mirror whatever the rest API is like. So yeah. mm -hmm. in the documentation, if you have your API objects documented for, so for like, say like a user, like you're going to fetch your users from a, from your web app. Um, you hit like the, you know, API V1 users endpoint or something, and you get back a list of users. If there's a user involved in like a webhook event and that user is going to be communicated through that webhook, like send the same documented payload of that, whatever that object is. Cause really you're just communicating in objects. And so if they, yeah, they should always match like the version on either side, hopefully your API and your webhook objects are the same or working from the same spec basically. Yeah, I totally agree. And this new product does that with one exception. So we do store all the responses that come back mm -hmm. you know, when, when that webhook gets delivered. And those responses can be kind of large because you're talking about response headers and response bodies, which mm -hmm. yeah. can be really big. So when I send the report of a webhook delivery, I send the same object that you would get back from the API minus that responses array. So there's just no yeah. point in sending a huge, it could be a huge you know, chunk of data. Yeah, that's, we've, we've run into similar, similar issues 
with our honey badger API and, and webhook formats. Like you're right. Like sometimes you want to, yeah. Like I guess like even, even in APIs themselves, that's, that's one of the, I think one of the use cases for graph GraphQL or one of the selling points is that you can actually like the client can describe the form of the data that is needed. And then you only send that data specifically. It's not that you're sending a different type of object or format. It's just that you're like the user can tell you like what, like what it needs for out of that object so that you're not sending data. That's not just going to get thrown away anyway, or never read. So it's like, you're, you're able to send like a partial, basically like a partial representation of that object. And as long as the user knows that those other keys aren't going to exist or they're not looking for them, <laughs> then the, I guess it's okay. Something along the lines of that is, uh, I think we've explored a little bit. What's, what's the JSON, uh, query thing that we. J M E S path. Yeah. That, that that's some pretty cool stuff. That is some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we use that internally, like for our pager duty integration, they, they recently changed their API so that they don't want payloads that are very large Yeah. and our payloads can be very large. And so what we did is we added uh, JMES path filtering to the payload that we send. So we just filter out stuff that you just don't right. care about for, for pager duty. Right. And yeah, maybe we could use that for the combine that with the versioning thing. So you could post whatever you want to the webhook endpoint, but then it gets filtered for an older API version. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty cool. Seems like the same. It's, it's solving a similar problem though. Like, like you want, you want the same object, but you don't want all of it necessarily, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it can, it can do more than that. I mean, it can transform basically it's a transformation yeah. language. It's not just pulling this stuff out, but it's, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, we could do that. It's nice to already have like a V2 list. Like when you, you know, when you're, when you can't stop thinking of like new things to add to it, you're probably onto something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it gives you, uh, I guess a little more interest in it rather than just like, okay, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, we can do this and then we can do that. And you know, yeah. Cool. Well, I'm excited to try it out for the first time <laughs> when I, re when I return. I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay away from the computer. It took me a couple days as usual to, uh, you know, get into that vacation mindset and pull myself off of Twitter, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which gosh, don't, I won't start, I won't go on a Twitter rant. Um, but it's nice, it's nice to be off the computer and have that headspace back, uh, you know, to think about other things. Totally. Well, speaking of Twitter though, I hate to, <laughs> hate to draw you in, but. Uh, what's the, what's the latest? Just, give me, give me no, the no, dirt. No. Can, we, can we just revisit for a moment the, the hay thing from our episode last week where we were talking oh, yeah. about hay? I saw that. I saw our title uh, today that go out for our <laughs> podcast. And it's like extremely like <laughs> it's, it's total, it's total clickbait. And I bet everyone will listen to it. It's, it's great. <laughs> I did not actually expect Basecamp to turn around that quickly. I didn't expect them to work over the weekend. Yeah. Cause you that. called it, you, you totally called, <laughs> you called that move, which was basically what? like, well, we're going to roll out the business version, <laughs> which yeah. was part of it. That wasn't all of it. Right. But the other part was the free part, which I did yeah. that came out of left field for me. And I thought that was really cool. So props to them for coming up with a clever it's, way yeah. around that. You it's know, a unique solution. A, yeah. Yeah. So for anybody who wasn't paying attention, it was they, uh, if you, if you get the app 
and you don't have an account, they will create a throwaway email address for you that you can try for 14 days. And so you can actually download the app, you can use it. So it solves the problem that Apple had about, you know, it's a non-functioning app, basically, if you don't have an account. So I thought that was a really clever approach to the problem. And of course, there's, they're also doing the corporate thing, which will also help. But yeah, yeah, I thought that was, that was cool. That is so cool. Props to them. Did you see, uh, what was it, buy? <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember the the domain the TL. It was a weird one of the yeah. I can't remember either. New TLDs. Yeah, yeah, like when you don't want to talk to anybody. It's a good spoof. You know, that's that's an email service for contractors. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they My, don't really want to talk to anybody. <laughs> yeah. T totally. Like yeah, they they should rebrand themselves for like the service industry, like construction. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, they they could set out the service pro, you know. Yeah. Uh, or they could they could integrate with uh with Yelp. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite my favorite thing on that was like the the little squiggly design arrow things, yeah. like because base camps are like all like you know like handcrafted like just beautiful drawings and then right. they like took the they took like the arrow part of it, but then they just like scribbled down the page. <laughs> Um, yeah, like that, obviously that someone beautiful. put a lot of work into that, uh, into that landing yeah. page. And then the sign up button was actually a donation to, uh, I think black girls code, um, oh, or cool. one of those donation, like one of those things. And I thought that was really cool. So yeah, if you yeah. signed up for it, then you it, it's, yeah, the sign up is just to donate. Um, which I think, I think they're, yeah, they're, they're making a little bit of a statement there that, you know, during the whole yeah. drama that was happening. It's like, right. there are <laughs> larger issues to think about. So right. I like that they kind of capitalized on that a little bit and helped to redirect the conversation a little bit. Yeah. That's really so, cool. So yeah, got to get my buy address. <laughs> well, any exciting plans for your next week of vacation or are you just going to do more bumming around? I think, yeah, I think more of the same, probably yeah. we might, I don't know, maybe we'll go for a hike or something or try to get out and do a little bit around here at least. But I'm hoping that the sun stays out. And honestly, it's just, it's nice. I like a two week vacation for that reason, because the first week is usually like trying to learn how to exist off of the internet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the second week is then like actual vacation. Cause by that point you're like, you're used to, you know, the slower just a slower pace and not being constantly bombarded by information from all directions. And you start to be able to read a book again. <laughs> well, cool. I guess we can wrap it. Are you, are you going to wrap it this time? Uh, since you did the, oh. the intro or whatever, do you, uh, you want to, what do we, well, if I do the intro, does that mean you have to wrap? <laughs> yeah, I can wrap. So this has been founder quest and, uh, you can uh, rate us on what is it? A Apple Podcasts is what we call it. Yeah, we would much uh, appreciate your five star reviews and or ratings. And uh, I don't know what else to say. And and do get in touch if you want to try our new. <laughs> yes, our new the, product. the most important thing is to email Ben at HoneyBadgerIO uh, to try out. Well, I guess to get to to gain the gold standard of webhooks for your exactly. for your web apps. So to be be as cool as Stripe. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Great job, Josh. That's a wrap. <laughs> ThunderQuest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360 degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. 
If you have a web app, you need it. Available at honeybadger.io. Want more from the founders? Go to founderquestpodcast.com. That's one word. You can access our huge back catalog or sign up for our newsletter to get exclusive VIP content. FounderQuest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week.